0: Welcome Philly to your favorite sports show Hosted by Jesse Town and Sam Wilson They're smart, they're sexy, and they're all Philly So thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy the show
1: Hello and welcome into episode number forty-one of Babes on Broad. I'm Sam Wilson with my co-host Jessie Town, and we are the Babes on Broad, brought to you by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. Make sure you follow us on all of our social medias at Babes on Broad on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and then you can find me at SamWills18 on Twitter and Instagram. You can find my co-host Jesse at run this town with an E 13 on Twitter and then at Jessica underscore town with an E on Instagram. Before we even move on to this dumpster fire of a Sunday night football, make sure to go check out our babes on broad YouTube channel. That's where you can find all our past pregame live shows. We're not doing one this week because of the late start time, the Sunday night football start time. And then also we want to just give it a break because it is very hard Not to really excited about yeah, that it's, team right now. Exactly. It's hard to talk positive. I don't even think anybody wants a Philly-centered show right now. So we're yeah. just giving it a week off. We're cleansing the palate before we come back.
2: And then, and then we'll see where we go from there. We'll see <laughs> what happens. Um, but, yes, yeah, so they face the equally as beat-up – Sun. Er, I was going to say Sunday Night Footballs, <laughs> San Francisco 49ers on Sunday Night Football – in san francisco so they are traveling to the west coast which is never a fun thing for a football team to do but the i don't want to say this is good news these are two equally as battered football teams the injuries on both teams are pretty much unreal um the only two i think definite uh that we've got so far are Jimmy Garoppolo is not going to play. Nick Mullins is the starter this week, and George Kittle has been practicing so far. It looks like he is going to play. Other than that, um, D. Ford has not practiced this week. Raheem Mostert has not practiced this week, and Jordan Reed has not practiced this week. Um, I'm not sure about D. Ford, but I but I think Mostert and Jordan Reed are probably no goes. Um, but their injury list is pretty much as long as the Eagles' injury list, which is just so sad to look at.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, too, is, like, you're looking at the injury list, and then it also doesn't even factor in for the Niners their IR, which would be, like, Nick Boza. Like, there are a lot of factors on their IR that were also mm-hmm. recently out due to two weeks ago when everybody went down in that game. Yeah. Um. So it's even – it does – I mean, as terrible as injuries are, it does help us out, a struggling Eagles team, even though we have all these injuries – um, I think that's what really gives us our only fighting chance in this game at this point.
2: Exactly. But so. It, so I mean, it, so as we're recording this, it's Friday at 1214. So there is no uh, report for Friday's practices yet. We don't know who, who's practicing, who's not practicing, what have you. So as of Thursday, the did not practice list was JJ Ortega-Whiteside with a calf injury, Deshaun with his hamstring, Alshon with his foot. However, Alshon was limited on Wednesday. So I don't know if they're just trying to get him ready for Sunday. So to see if he can play. Um, well, wasn't his original, like when he was on DIR
1: to start the season, wasn't he originally expected to come back in October? Because it's now October 2nd currently. So it shouldn't be that long from now that we see him.
2: No, and he started practicing a couple weeks ago. So he, and I yeah. think he seemed to look good so far. So maybe that's just a kind of precautionary thing, especially because they have literally no receivers right now. Um, they want to make sure that he's good to go. Um, Who would have thought that Howie's one? good move
1: this season that ends up working out is not trading Alshon because he wasn't able to
2: I still don't see that as a good move. I, can't, I can't believe that our saving grace right now is hoping Alshon Jeffrey can play. <laughs> right um Avante Maddox uh did not practice with an ankle injury Jason Peters is sick Jamon Brown is sick John Hightower is sick and Trevor Williams was out with a rib injury I don't know what illness is going through the locker room, but that, right. that and then Rudy Ford Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders were all limited in practice. Um, good news is Fletcher Cox was full was a full go. So that kind of oblique abdomen injury that he's been battling seems to be at least a little bit better and and he should be fine. Playable. Yes, the Eagles are riddled with injuries, but so are the 49ers. So injuries, not an excuse this week, this week. I mean, you, at the end of the day, we still have our starting quarterback. Stopping you there. He's going ahead. Did you
1: see how they were doing the matchups for the NFC East this week on one of the shows on ESPN? And they did Eagles at 49ers, and they had freaking Nick Mullins' picture as the icon instead of Carson. Do you see that?
2: I didn't see it, but I'm at this point. They not, had Nick not Mullins not. over Carson. I just want to die. A little yeah, back. they had Dak, they had everybody else,
1: all the other matchups, their prime quarterback, and then Nick Ugh. Mullins over Carson Wentz. Jeez.
2: <sighs> I mean, so so Nick <laughs> Mullins has not played poorly. He's played fine. They have played the Jets and the Giants. So, I mean, what is that really to hang your hat on? Well, yeah, on? exactly. Like, I guess the, you can put the Eagles in the Jets, Giants, Bengals category of the year. Yeah, true that, actually, true that, actually. True that. True but I, I mean, uh, so 33 for 47, 414 yards, a touchdown and an interception in one and a half games. So not too bad. Um, obviously, their two leading rushers um, in Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman both a little banged up. So Jarek McKinnon is your is your leading back there, and you know, obviously, first round pick Brandon Ayuk is a is a exciting guy to watch. Um, he's a guy who I would have been happy having on the Eagles as well. Uh, so so let's kind of tie all this into right go into our keys to the game so what what are you kind of seeing or what are you thinking that their keys to the game need to be on offense and defense to try to squeak out their first win first and foremost doug and carson need to change their
1: stuff around again i mean my big thing last week was carson needs to come out i've kind of not giving up on it, but I'm back on it a little bit. And I'm just saying Carson needs to just get something together, get a little rally. I want to see him moving outside like he did last week and getting back to what he really does. And with that being said, I think a lot of pressure is on Doug this week with his play calling. He needs to utilize all the injuries on the other side of the ball. And then that goes for the defense as well, just utilize injuries all around for this team. And then he also needs to show that he's aggressive early and just keep pushing that item after last week settling for the tie so I think that's going to be a huge piece is Doug this week and then for the defense like I said just coming out being aggressive attack what they can with the injuries I hope we win I mean should I do my prediction or let you yeah go ahead okay so due to that I'm still going to say the Eagles win because they need to win. I can't say that they're going to lose when they need to win, which is nuts that we're already in a need-to-win situation. situation. But, yeah, so I think that they're going to have a high score this week of the season with a score of 20, and then I think Not they're going to hold San Fran, <laughs> San Fran to 17. So I'm going to say 20 to 17 Eagles.
2: I totally agree with you and I think one of the biggest I think this is one of those games that I see it kind of it's going to come down to it's going to come down to coaching and it's going to come down yeah. to which coach can utilize the roster that they have given all the injuries the best and you should be able to the Eagles should be able to come out on top of that because at the end of the day the Eagles have their franchise quarterback healthy and ready to go. So I think, Bruce. you know, as much as they need to kind of exploit the injuries on the opposite side, you know, Doug needs to be create get creative with all the injuries. It's, it's going to be on Doug getting his stuff together and then Carson executing. Like it, the the injuries aren't, ex- aren't an excuse this week. So the last couple of weeks, you know, it, oh, we don't have any receivers, blah, 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 whatever. I mean, not that it's an excuse, but it's something that was looked at obviously, but the 49ers are missing. I mean, they're, they're equally as decimated as we are. So yeah, the Eagles, I mean, it's going to come down to which coach can utilize the roster that they have better and more effectively. And which team connects, ex- like which team is more prepared to play on Sunday. That's what it's going to come down to. And I think given that that's also going to show me a lot about where Doug is and what, we need going forward because at the end of the day, Doug won you a Super Bowl. I do not think he should be fired. I do not even think I think he should be embarrassed by what he's shown so far, but I don't think his job should be in jeopardy, even remotely I
1: agree I now if this was next season and it's two consecutive seasons, then especially with o and
2: with an, exactly yeah. oh and three start, not yeah sure. but to me, this is. I mean, I think he needs an offensive coordinator. I, I, I agree. agree. We talked about this on on earlier this week. I, I mean, at the end of the day, the Chiefs have Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy, but Eric Bieniemy calls all the plays. Yeah, they get down you together. You can't do this this, You can't do an offensive coordinator by committee. This you committee cannot do that crap. The committee yeah. is absolute crap, and Mike Groh was a little yes man for Doug Peterson. He was also useless. I think they need an actual talented offensive coordinator who can can it, it just just so you have another voice in the room. So you have some dialogue to be able to get this and and I'd be I would even be fine if one of these guys that are part of this committee was the actual offensive coordinator so they could have a good dialogue to be able to create some better plays. So I ultimately think on the offensive side of the ball for the Eagles, this is going to show me a lot about what Doug's made of and what the rest of the offensive staff is not made of and what the roster is Great. not made of. Um, on the defensive side, I swear to God, if I see any sticks, <laughs> I'm going to jump off my balcony. They need to get some pressure on Nick Mullins. There's no excuse not to. Um, obviously, you know, the, the 49ers offensive line is is really good, but look at what you've got on your defensive line. Get some pressure out there, and oh my God – do something with George Kittle that's not Nate Gary following him in coverage, please. That's (laughs) not what I have to say. I I just, I'm, and it's, here's the thing. It's not Nate Gary's fault. Like the execution. Sure. But he is not a number one linebacker. Like he, we've been saying this, we've been
1: saying this since he got toasted in game one. Like you can only blame Howie for this. Like you cannot blame Nate Gary for it because He's doing
2: the best he can. He's just put in a position he shouldn't be in. He's just <laughs> not good. He's just not good enough. Like No, that's and, it, and that's okay. That's He's okay. a lot
1: better than a lot of people out there. But, hey, you are not the person that should be number one.
2: No. So, with that, I again, I'm with you there. I'm still going to go with the Eagles winning. I have not lost all hope yet. I will never pick against the Philadelphia Eagles. I've got the Birds winning 27-24 and just quieting everyone down for a little bit of time after a national tv win.
1: I like it. I just don't see him scoring that much. And I think it says I think it says something the fact that we are in week 4 and I can't confidently say they're going to beat this other injured team. I'm not confident. I'm just you know, I'm going and I'm like, yeah, I hope they win 20 to 17. If they do win, that's what I
2: see. <laughs> gonna- so, yeah, it's not-, it's not the best case scenario right now. <laughs> no, but I'm going to sit on the couch. I'm going to scream at my TV and we will. Oh, well, yeah, you got to be invested. Yeah. Oh, of course. It's, it's going to, you know, I don't know if I can, you know, not let it ruin my mood for a second week in a row. Who knows? We'll see. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what's going on around Philly because there's actually some positive stuff going on around (laughs) Philly. And we're going to answer a few more listener questions this week. You are listening to The Babes on Broad on BGN Radio.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team.
1: So we want to bring in some positivity now. And I'm just gonna say, welcome to Philadelphia Doc Rivers. Oh finally, I'm so some good news.
2: I'm so happy. I'm so happy. Like I'm doing my excited hands. <laughs> you can't see her excited hands, but she's no, hands. I'm doing them. I just like he was. In a perfect world, if I could just pick anybody to be the head coach of the Sixers, he is who I would have picked. And I agree. When he became available, and I was like, if if he's out there, and we end up with Mike D'Antoni, I'm gonna, I was gonna <laughs> riot. I was gonna be <laughs> so pissed. I just think, from a culture standpoint, he's the guy that they needed, and he's definitely a guy who can light a fire under. Yeah, and, well and my
1: two biggest things about him is one. He made Tobias great when he was with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. So I think that is the perfect move to just bring Tobias into his role that we were expecting him in here. And then two, the biggest thing about um, Brett Brown was the fact that he was too friendly and the like everybody, well, at least everybody said that the team just valued him more as like a friend and actually like didn't see him in that leader role. I think Doc Rivers with his repertoire and his name and everything he's going to come in right here and he demands that respect right away because of everything he's done and proven that he can do and I think these guys are going to respect him I think they're going to do everything that he says and fall right in I think it's just going to be perfect
2: I agree and I you know coming back to the Eastern Conference I just think he I mean I think he can handle this roster and I think he is the perfect guy to do it I mean he won an NBA championship with Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Ray John Rondo. Like those are some those are some personalities right there. Like, that trio is some personalities. And if you can win an NBA championship with that, like so many people want to talk about, like what has he done in LA? And I'm like, um, manage every superstar that's come through there and Ready? get screwed over by Chris Paul's injuries and poor teammateship. Like I, I- just went to say right and literally, and I said righty. <laughs> so So, just wanted to but I tell you with what you said about Tobias Harris I think that's the most underrated part about this move and I think it's something people aren't talking about enough because everyone wants to talk about Ben and Joel which absolutely true he's had Mm -hmm. the highest of praise for Ben and Joel and I think he would be a great guy to bring in here yes I think he's perfect for them but then you add in the Tobias Harris thing and obviously they've invested so much money in Tobias but also I think that from a a team standpoint, like he has really developed into their leader, like on and off the floor. And he's that Mm -hmm. leader. We've talked about how Joel Embiid, like he's just a goofy personality. Like he's not necessarily a leader and Ben's just more quiet, but obviously they're super talented. Tobias has like taken it upon himself to keep the team together and has been, the face of them advocating for social justice change and and things like that. So I think that obviously Tobias is, should stay here. I don't want Tobias to be traded and I think obviously Yeah, I like Tobias. Doc Rivers is the guy that made him an All-Star favorite a couple years ago obviously in the Western Conference for the guard. Mm-hmm. There were just so many, they couldn't have all of them in there, but it, it, you know, Tobias's best year, why we traded for him was that. So I I'm I'm so excited about this move. Um, and I, I absolutely cannot wait to to see what happens. And I also can't wait to see if he has full power over the roster construction as well. Like he- I know. I'm excited. It's
1: definitely going to be an exciting offseason. I have one question, though, for you. It's kind of bringing a negative aspect onto oh, it. But I'm just no. curious about you <laughs> um, Not about Doc. More about Ben. So, Jimmy Butler, I saw a tweet. He said something about the Sixers, and it was – that Ben Simmons didn't have the mindset that him and Joel had. It was more laxadaisical, he said. So what do you think about that? Does that concern you that he thinks that Ben kind of doesn't have that winning it's mindset?
2: Because I don't – I haven't seen that, if that makes sense. Like, yeah. I, it's concerning that he thought so. Also, not everyone is going to be up dribbling a basketball at 3 a.m.,
1: but I think a lot, I think a big part of why he said it was because when he was with the team, that's when Ben was doing his whole being with Kendall Jenner and being a super you know what I mean he was sure. more in the tabloids than he was on the court in the
2: sure and i I just think like i haven't I haven't seen that you know what I mean like until I see it on the floor when I'm just like, oh, Ben's out there being lazy, I don't see that, and I understand how. There were times, especially in the Toronto series, where Ben looked disengaged because he didn't have the ball in his hands and he couldn't really do much else from an offensive standpoint. And he still needs to grow that part of his game, obviously. But again, I think with some better shooters around them, there's Mm -hmm. a different kind of situation there. And I think that's something that Doc can work with effectively. Also could be the Brett Brown thing needing a new voice in the room. There are a lot of things that could go into it. And I don't want it to sound like I'm making excuses, but on the floor... I have not necessarily seen that yet. Like, I don't think he has that, like, killer instinct that yeah. know, like Jimmy Butler does, but I don't thi- I don't see him on the floor, like, like, I don't see him taking plays off. You know what yeah. I mean? No, and I, I like that you just said killer instinct because I think –
1: because it did bring a little bit of concern into me because I was like, hmm, like, maybe I can see that, but the fact that you said killer instinct is exactly – the word I was lacking, because that's kind of what I don't see from him. I don't necessarily think he's being like laxadaisical and doesn't care. Yeah, I just think he doesn't have the instinct that Jimmy Butler does. Right, you know, and I, which is that killer instinct,
2: right? And I, I think it's interesting that he said that the same instinct that him and Joel did, because I don't really, have, I haven't seen that from Joel either. Yeah, so, so I think that's why I don't really have a concern because it seems of more like a personal issue with Ben Simmons and like mm-hmm. a good relationship with Joelle than anything else because I don't I don't see anything from Joelle that I don't see from Ben and I don't see anything from Ben that I don't see I don't see anything from Ben that I do see from Joelle if that makes sense like the the besides the, the tabloids yeah the mentality or killer instance yeah. or whatever you want to call it like I don't see much difference in what they do and do not have. I like, agree with yeah. that. So that's kind of why, I, why I'm kind of like, mm, like, that seems like Jimmy just like having an issue. Yeah. Um, and then on the a Phillies, The Phillies. Yeah. Suck. To keep going down. To um, <laughs> keep going downhill. Sixto Sanchez starting in a playoff game before Aaron Nola. That's disgusting. Ah! Uh, it's a big season, but the fact that everything happened – that needed to happen for them to get into the playoffs, aside from them winning their own game. Dude, they needed to go within the last eight games. They needed to go two and six,
1: and they want one and seven. What? It's disgusting. So is Bryce – like, and then you're going to tell me, you're going to tell me after Sixto Sanchez is starting in a playoff game before Aaron Nola that you got what you wanted out of JT Real Nuto.
2: What? So that's going to lead us into our first listener question at Ari blue PXP asked us why weren't Matt Klintock and Andy McPhail fired after the final out. And honestly, I think it's because exactly what you just said. The organization does not value winning. All they want to do is sign players to attract fans to come to the park, buy tickets, buy merch, and they don't actually have any desire to build a winning team. They told you, by they told you that exactly with that reaction to JT Ramuto oh well we signed up for two years of JT and you know we knew that was pretty much it well you did nothing else to supplement if that was your mentality you should have been a win now program you did to supplement that and instead you were like well if we make the playoffs we do if we don't we don't they don't value winning they don't care about winning they don't care about is making money and that's absolutely infuriating.
1: And if that's the case, I want nothing to do with this team yep. because we're Philly. We need winning. We can't stand this constant losing. Like, I don't care if we have the best roster and the biggest names. If they can't play, I don't care. Like, that is absolutely idiotic if that was a thought process was just to get – give away your best pitching prospect – who's already making a big impact down there with the Marlins and then just freaking get JT for two years. And yep, that's good enough for us. Like we don't need him even though, and it's not, and the thing that's so infuriating about it as well is the fact that like JT was one of your most, if not the most consistent player you had all season on all sides of the ball. Yes. Like not only is he a great catcher, he's the best in the league catcher, which makes him a great leader. And then he also is, A great hitter like it just it doesn't make any sense to me besides being cheap and not caring yeah I mean and I'm concerned about it too if he even wants to be here anymore because I sent you his wife no his wife put on their story something like thanks Philly like we enjoyed everything that you had like all the love you gave to us like thanking the fans Mm -hmm. and as soon as I saw that I was like they don't even care about being here anymore and I do not blame them but Jeez, man, it is. That's going to be the stupidest move in Eagles history. I mean, Eagles in Philly's history. I think if they let him go,
2: I really just think that stupidest move they, ever. I mean, so like we talk about like the Zach Ertz thing, right? And it's like Zach Ertz is one of the top tight ends in football. But I can see. Obviously, I want them to re-sign Zach Ertz and give him the extension. But I see. I can understand the uh, the opposite argument, right? Yeah. JT Realmuto is quite literally the best catcher in baseball. By far. By far. In every aspect of the game. And you are literally going to just crap that away.
0: Like, and not- with
2: that comparison, Jess, so okay, like,
1: I want Ertz here. I think he should be here. But if you get rid of him, it's for the argument that you still have Dallas Goddard, who – can replace him and fit in pretty close. You know what I mean? Like he's still a great, he's going to be a great tight end in the league. But if you, Uh if you get rid of, um, JT Real Muto, you don't have that in catching. What are you saying? That nap is as good as JT Real Muto? No. It's laughable. Yes. Like, so you don't have, Oh gosh. Now I'm doing
2: frustrated hands. Like it's just so frustrating. (laughs) Okay, so I hate them. they need to be gone. At Jeffrey underscore bar asked us, "Who is in the worst shape over the next few years? Eagles, Sixers, or Phillies? Sixers no longer in the worst shape. No, they're, they're no. In this conversation now. I agree. What are you? Think?
1: Um, Eagles. I think Howie's on the hot seat. I hope it's not the same case. So I think that um, Eagles it's going to take a little bit until they rebuild. But right now, if they, if the Phillies, which looks like they're getting rid of JT Romuto, I think that the Phillies would be in the worst case scenario, which is so terrible to say after they gave all that money to Bryce Harper for 13 years to just like, Oh my gosh. And even like now it's giving me flashbacks how you even just said, like brought up, um, if you're only going to have JT, why bring him in for two years if you weren't in win now mode? Why do that? Yep.
2: So that you literally could sell tickets. It just, it's nuts to me. I think that I don't know if I can answer that question until after the Eagles play on Sunday. I agree. That
1: and the fact that we need to see where the Eagles, because it could be another, the same situation. Like, I mean, obviously both GMs are really, should not belong right now. And I don't know where the Eagles stand on how. I don't know if they're going to hold on to them. Like, it seems like the Eagles are going to with, ClinTech. So we'll see. And I think that's what it's going to come down to. Who's willing to just cut ties with the poor GMs that suck and ruining everything. But yeah, it's dang, all, that's yeah. frustrating. That has me so worked up right now <laughs> oh God. all right Jeez. well we're gonna let sam go
2: decompress <laughs> thank you for listening to episode 41 of babes on broad as always thank you to sb nation and bleeding green nation make sure to subscribe to bleeding green nation wherever you get your podcasts leave a five-star review leave a written review and don't forget there will not be a pregame show this week but you can still find our recipe of the week and drink of the week on our social medias on sunday so keep an eye on that but until next week you are the babes on broad on bgn radio Go Birds!
0: B.G.N.